Mike. Yes, there you go. Yeah. Right now it's, it's official. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, here we are, two guys sitting at the club having a beer, talking music, podcast number one. I like you, it. You've been in a, a, a band for quite a while. Not only are you uh, a seasoned musician, percussionist for the band Mosquitoes, you go to more live music events than anybody I have ever seen. How many do you go to in a week? Well, I mean, in the summer, it's always a few more than than normal. Yeah. I would say, you know, maybe four four during the weekend, the summer, maybe one or two, you know, in the winter months. Not, not as much. Not, <laughs> it always it always appears like I'm going to more than I actually go to. Well, you're a social media god, man. I mean, you are clickbait 101 all over the place with good stuff, too. Great content. Yeah, uh, well, I love good music and I like to I like to show people, you know, bands and, and, and get them, you know, playing live, you know, much like I did last week, you know, with uh, with Heart of Glass. You guys were great. That was a, that was a lot of fun. And uh Got to got to do uh, a little bit of video for that and some video for the chain and uh, Deacon Frost. So. Yeah, no, it was much appreciated. And you know, we, you know, we we've seen each other in and out, you know, over the years. And uh, you know, we 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 share drum, uh, drummer and our good old buddy Jeff uh, fight. Uh, yes, yes. And we're sitting there, we're enjoying the chain, and we say. Hey man, you know, we like to talk music. We're watching music. Why don't we get together and do a show? So I'm like, all right, here we go. So what's yeah. it? I don't know. Hog pod. Why hog pod? Awesome. Heart of class podcast. I don't know. You start with one, you make mistakes and you, you move on to, to the next one. Yeah. But I think uh, besides two guys sitting in a club, you know, talking music, this could be something where we could expose people to, other bands that they wouldn't have normally seen before and other clubs that they wouldn't have seen before. So I think it would be kind of cool if, you know, before a show or after a show, we invite the club managers or owners on and, you know, talk about the venue, pump up, you know, the, the event yeah, and the bands that come on. So I think that's, I love it. well, we'll see. This is podcast number one. So this is where all the mistakes happen. So we, we always point to this one and say, Oh my God! You remember when we did that? We did that. We suck. How can we improve? <laughs> How can we improve? Right, continuous improvement. So, Bongo Mike with the Mosquitoes. Let's pump up the Skeeters. How did that band get started? How long has it been going on? You got a bunch of people in the band. Start. Go. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, well, I you know it all. It actually all began right here in this house, uh, and it started with. Uh, uh, my friend Walter Klein and another friend Mike Isberian, and the three of us got together on a Thursday night, and we literally played drums and percussion for three hours. I'd kick my kick my wife out of the house, and we would sit and play drums. And I said, you know, it would be really nice instead of just having all this drumming for three hours, if we could maybe bring in. Well, maybe a guitar player and, yeah, and, yeah. and and maybe a bass player and see what happens. Right. We weren't even singing at the time, right? We're not even thinking vocals. So we brought in my cousin, Eli, and uh, and uh, his um, guitarist slash bass player, Ron Hoshizaki. So now you've got, the, you know, the five of us are together. Right. 
And uh, we're, how, how, long we're ago, how long ago? Well, we're coming up to year 24. So, oh. um, yeah, 2024 is going to be our uh, 24th year as a band. Now, I, I started counting when we actually started playing out and and not uh, and not with the, there was about a year or so that we were really kind of trying to like, you know, formulate a set list and, and get right, the right, guys right. together. So in the beginning, just before we played out, and, and we'll get to the first gig, yeah. um, we, uh, you know, we were getting in my basement, and I didn't have the sound uh, board or anything, so we'd bring it downstairs, we'd set it up, and then we said, well, maybe we should start singing some songs, you know, like, it's just, we're just instrumentals now, you know, we're doing these long Santana-type jams, and, and you know, right, right. we're like, well, we really should be singing something, right, so... We start, you know, formulating some songs, and 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 uh, meanwhile, I work with a guy at my office who uh, who played acoustic guitar, twelve string acoustic, and mandolin. So how cool is that? His name was Mark Ballinger, and he came into the fold. So now we had my cousin Eli singing, we had Ron singing, we had Mark singing, and you had basically a whole bunch of guys banging away on drums, so and then. Then we realized we probably needed to start actually doing more songs and less jamming. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> so, right. You know, that, I, I'm going to flash forward. So we get to a point where we're actually going to play a gig, right? And um, it was right before 9-11. Very, very, uh, very, very crazy time. So, yeah. so literally, we're practicing for a gig that's going to take place on Saturday, whatever that was, September 15th. Yeah. But on 9-11, that Monday morning, I'm driving to work and I'm listening to the radio and I'm thinking to myself, is this really happening? Are we, is, I mean, it's like almost surreal. You know, you, you get to the office and everybody's just kind of in like numb, right, yeah. of, of what's going on in the world. And, you know, here we're going to play this party on, the, on the, the, the following Saturday and we just didn't know what to do. You know, I called the guy who was going to have the party. I said, you know, what, what do we do here? Do we, do we go forward? And he said, you know what? He goes, I think people probably need this in their life. You know, right. I think they need some sort of a release. It was a weird time. I mean, that whole week, as you yeah. know, it was, you know, there was a lot going on. There was a lot of coverage and it was very depressing. Um, but we felt like we could make this as a positive. So we did. And and we put a big American flag on the fence behind us. And, you know, we dedicated Pink Houses as one of the songs and, and boy, I got to tell you, it was probably the coldest gig, <laughs> one of the coldest gigs we ever played. I think it was in the 50s. You never know with September. Right, but right. I remember seeing my own breath in that in that gig. <laughs> and uh, we made no money. Right. We played it. We played this party. He went and bought so. all these right, kegs. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it was all for fun. Uh, and, and then it kind of springboarded from there. You know, it was like that was the first one. We said, wow, we, we might have something here. And then, it, you know, we still honing that skill and trying to come up with a set list. And um, so those first few years were probably only maybe four or five gigs, you know, it was pretty, pretty sparse, you know? So um, getting your, get your band together. To me, I've always said there's two things I hate about bands is number one, coming up with the name of the band and number two, picking the songs. <laughs> how do you, how do you... <laughs> so it was funny because we didn't have a name, right? Yeah. And, um, and my cousin is the one that came up with the name, the mosquitoes. And it's actually uh, from a uh, episode of Gilligan's Island. You might, we, we could look this up on YouTube. And uh, there's an episode where this band wants to escape fame and fortune. 
and decides they're going to go to, you know, Gilligan's Island. They land on Gilligan's Island and uh, they play a concert for, uh, you know, the folks uh, at Gilligan's Island, Ginger and Marianne and the professor. <laughs> so we thought we were, you know, we'd be the mosquitoes. Right. So that that's kind of how the name formulated. And uh, the episode's kind of funny. There's like, you know, each 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 player in the band has they're like the Beatles. Right. There's like a four piece not like our 10 piece band. Yeah. So you got these four guys, they're named Bongo Congo, you know, they got goofy yeah. names. Anyway, that's where the name came from. We just needed a name. We didn't know. I mean, you know, you never think about if it's going to stick or not. Right. Um, but the reason why we became the mosquitoes jam band is because, uh, you know, we, when I went to go start the website and all the other stuff, there was a, another band out there called the Mosquitoes <laughs> out in, uh, in Florida. They were like a, yeah. you know, a four piece punk band yeah. and uh, we couldn't use the name. So we had to think of something. So I'm like, well, we like the jam. So we'll be the Mosquitoes jam band. So that's where that name came from. You're, you're thinking on your feet, Mike. 20. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> we went through a lot <laughs> of names. <laughs> we went through a lot of names that just didn't stick, you know, um but, uh, and and 24 years like how do you how do you manage everybody's attitudes expectations it's uh to get 10 people to hang around i'm sure you've had some in and out but uh that's that's a testament to you you must be a pretty chill dude <laughs> well there's definitely no egos in the band i think we all kind of you know it's a give and take we all have a voice, you know, everybody, you know, gets to, uh, um, they, they all get to kind of give a voice of what songs we're going to do and, you know, how we want to structure the songs. Um, there has been some changes, but not, not a lot. Um, I think really the biggest change that we had, and this is a, this is a kind of a cool story too. Yeah. So our, our keyboardist at the time is Ray Kirshner and he works in an office in uh, Northbrook and hit one of his workers has a daughter and she shows up to our show in uh, at the Gallery Cabaret in the city. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's yeah. in Buckton. It's, it's an interesting little place. It, but it's a better neighborhood there. now, but. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, we weren't sure if we were going to get mugged when we were un right. unloading right. our. Uh, so anyway, uh, Jill is in the audience. And Ray tells me this at the set break. And I go, give me one of those set lists. So I take the set list. and I walk over to the table and I put it in front of Jill and I say, Jill, pick a song, any of those songs. You pick one and we'll bring you up and you can sing it. We've never heard her. She's never played with us, but we figured if she knows the song, you know, why not? And she chose uh, Save Tonight from um, Eagle Eye Cherry. So, of course, you know, we're going through our set. We call her up and she nails it. I mean, she just knocks it out of the park. And we look at the crowd and we look at the reaction that they got when they heard her sing and everybody was just, you know, amazed, right. It's clapping, you know, just, I mean, it was unbelievable. So I, I, you know, I, of course I looked at, you know, Eli and Ray and I said, well, you know, we probably should bring her back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and in the beginning we had to give her songs, you know, we were like, right. like, we had all these songs and we're like, well, how about we give her, you know, ready for love from, you know, bag company, which we were covering back then. Uh, let's give her breakdown from Tom Petty. So she started doing those songs. And then slowly we started integrating and saying, Hey, what do you want to do? You know, what's the music you want to cover? And, and that's what she did. She came in with all these songs and, 
it evolved. I think that was probably about 10 years in is when she came right. in. She'd been with us at least at least eight or 10 years in to it. And so she's been with us ever since. And uh, she's our lead vocalist. And and she really, I think, is what took us to the next level in terms of having, you know, being able to help with harmonies and, you know, how important vocals are. It's, it's, yeah. You have to have that, you know. Right. And so you know, starting out, Mike, that's it's isn't it rough? Like when you're the first band, <laughs> you're on when everybody's sober. <laughs> isn't it easier when once people have had, had had a few? Like how does it progress over your time when you when you're opening to headlining? Uh, what what have you noticed the difference in the times going on and when people get into it? I know location comes into play, blah blah blah, but yeah. You know, location and time, you know, and, and, and whatever time slot, sometimes you get a time slot at a, you know, a festival and you might be playing at like two in the afternoon, yeah. not exactly the witching hour for drinking and, and, you know, dancing, but you know, you take what you take, what they give you, right, you know, right. and, and, and we're happy to play anywhere, anytime, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's all about getting the exposure, but yeah, I think, you know, I think it's just having the energy, you know, how it is like when you, when you first get on stage, you know, the you know, audience for the most part, our audience knows us, you know, if they don't yeah. know us, they're going to give us a, a listen in the beginning and hopefully we can capture their attention and keep them engaged in the night. Um, but yeah, for sure. When, the, when the, <laughs> as the night goes on, as, as the alcohol starts. Flowing, yeah. The music gets better. Cause I think it's music a great gets con- better. <laughs> I think it's a great <laughs> contrast, you know, with us because you've been doing it almost 25 years and, you know, I've, you know, not even five, maybe six and it, you know what what I've seen and what you what you have seen and kind of comparing notes. Plus, you got these other bands that are coming up. You know, there's a lot more uh, tribute bands cover. You got to be careful when you say cover and tribute. You get slapped yeah. in the face and in, in, in <laughs> Mexico to hang, hang with. But it's all about connecting with the crowd, right? And you know, having expectations because. You've been around 25 years, people know what to expect, right? If you've only been around three or four gigs, if you're a cover band and you play other people's music versus being a tribute band where you focus specifically on one artist, at least people, it, it's easier to sell to the club. How was it selling to clubs and, and bookers, you know, in the early days versus now? Now it's got to be like, hey, whatever. But back then, it's were you on the phones a lot? Who made all the calls? Well, you know, we work with uh, uh, Joey DeMarco with uh, United Talent. So he's been he's been around a long time and we've worked with him um, knowing some of the club owners. It's not as difficult when you've got a relationship with the club owners. There's so many good guys out there that I deal with. It's very easy. You know, I mean, now it is, of course, back then it was a little more, you know, there was a little more involved, I think, just getting in touch with them and and letting them know the music that you do. And of course, if we brought a good crowd and that's all they really care about, you know, and we definitely are not a tribute or a cover, I mean, we're a cover band, but we're not a tribute band in the sense that we're not just doing one artist, you know, we're, yeah, yeah. we're really kind of all over the map, you know, from 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, all the way to current, you know, it's so, you know, you got to explain to them what they're going to get. And we've always tried to keep the set list, I think, fluid, you know, by by keeping this whatever, 250 some odd songs. And we ro- try and rotate them to keep it fresh for the people that come and see us and keep it fresh for us, too. So we're not just playing that same, you know, 30 songs every gig. So so how do you know what to add to the list? It's uh, it, 
that's a that is a that's a thousand dollar question. You know, sometimes we get out there and we'll, we'll we'll have suggestions and we'll do songs, and you know, we 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 love the song and we think we cover it well, and then sometimes it doesn't get the response you want. Well, what do you do? You know, I mean, you can't just scrap it on the first go around. So you try and you know foster it a little bit right, right. <laughs> and try and get it out in front of the people. Yeah. yeah, you know, you're trying trying to trying to see how it gels. And sometimes it just doesn't work. I mean, you know, let's let's take out the 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 issue if the thing goes off the rails. <laughs> you know, if something goes off the rails, you know, yeah. you're 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 done, right? I mean, um, but uh, you know, we've had that. We've had songs like that. We've had songs that we played really well and uh we've loved doing, but you know, I never get the response. And then sometimes you're playing gigs where you know you want to have the crowd up dancing. You know, there's a certain energy yeah. when you have that. So you want to try and tailor the set list. Um, and Eli really does the set list. I mean, I kind of give my two cents, but he'll get he'll do the set list and then he'll send it out to everybody. And then we all kind of chime in. Jeff, Jeff fight very good about chiming in about what works and what doesn't and, and where he, we think songs should be positioned based on tempos and you know what right. songs are before it, what's after it when you're coming to the end of a you know of a set you know try and get the the slower songs out of there earlier you know so you're not ending on a, a slow note you know or uh, you know you want to put them to sleep yeah <laughs> my god 10 people in the band how do you manage to schedule like what are the gigs that you have coming up and how do you say okay everybody can make this date who's got to make those calls hopefully you got some online scheduling or something yeah, we don't. We just do it by text, you know, and then we have, you know, we used to do it by email, but it's a little slower and people weren't looking at it. But that's a really good question. I mean, you know, with the text, we're all pretty responsive. We have a, a chain text going. And, you know, when I'm booking the gigs for the bands, uh, you know, I'm sending it out to, to everybody and letting them know this is the dates that are available, times, you know, and pretty much people let us know if they're going to be traveling you know, they'll say, hey, you know, I'm out at this time of year. And yeah. then we can find backups. You know, we, we that happens all the time. There's always issues where, you know, somebody maybe can't make it. So you know, we, we're right now, we're at a pretty, we're, we're mostly eight piece right now, but we can expand out. We have a trumpet player who plays with us. So when we bring him on board, we kind of focus a little more on the horn songs. Um, we have a, you know, another percussionist that's out there that'll sometimes come in, sometimes play harmonica. So, you know, we, we try and it's very fluid, but if you don't got, if you, if you're missing some of the folks, you got to get a backup and you got to make sure you have, have a backup that, you know, can come in and learn 25 or 30 songs, you know, so it's and, a challenge. The, the other thing I've noticed is nobody's just in one band. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, look at Jeff. I mean, right. you know, Jeff is in Heart of Glass and uh, he has, you know, uh, at, at the one time it was him and myself were both in uh, What is Moo. Right. Uh, right so right. we had that, you know, with Laura and Lori and, oh, and yeah. Art. Yeah. And, you know, so th and that was a juggling, you know, that was definitely trying to schedule the stuff. So, you know, being mindful of everybody's time and efforts and, and you know, we try and get those gigs on the books, you know, as quick as possible. But, you know, also... I mean, I think we normally like the last couple of years, we ended like with like 24 or 25 gigs for the year and summertime being the the heaviest season for us. And that's yeah. about that's about our limit. I mean, you know, you know, we take gigs if they come around. It's the right thing. But I I, I really don't want to do more than that. I mean, that's probably the max. 
you know, so that includes like fest gigs, private gigs, yeah. stuff at the bars where, you know, we know the owners, you right. know, Sundance Saloon, great, great venue, you know. Um, hey, talk about Sundance. Who, uh, let's give some shout outs over there. Uh, you guys play there quite a bit. Uh, who's the, yeah. that seems yeah, like so that's it's a great, great place. To, looks like it's a great place to play. Haven't played there yet. Go ahead. It's it's really nice, yeah. So Bobby Carlson is the uh, is the owner. Him and Angie run the bar, and uh, Bobby uh, does a lot of the booking. And um, he has done a really nice job of bringing in bands and pairing them up together. I mean, uh, playing, uh, you know, putting putting acts together that maybe you wouldn't know. I mean, like he paired us up a couple of years ago with uh, Pino Farina band. And uh, Pino Farina is really, really good. I mean, uh, you got these four musicians that are doing original music plus covers, and they do a great job. I would have never got to know them uh, if it wasn't for, you know, Bobby Carlson saying, hey, you know, we'd like to pair you up. And he doesn't even look at it like an opening slot or, you know, the headline. He's looking at it like we're, it's a split bill, right? So each band's going to get two hours. And uh, he, he he put together just, I mean, in general, if you, I mean, I remember the Sunday and saloon back when I lived in Mundelein and, and was, you know, at high school in Mundelein. Yeah. And he has done a tremendous job of taking that venue and turning it into a world-class uh, place for live music, whether it's inside during the winter months or whether it's outside in the uh, patio. He's got the lights, the sound, the screen. And, uh, you know, so, you know, we do a fair amount of gigs there a year, you know, it's not uncommon for us to do four or five shows a year there. Um, and, uh, he uh, also which, does it. What, what shows you got coming up, Mike? So at, uh, at Sundance, we've already got a few already on the books. Um, we are going to be playing there on February 3rd and that's going to be uh with another band I'm in actually called the Black Diamond Session. So okay. it's a it's a duo gig and Bobby knows both bands so he's putting us together for that. Okay. And then we have a very special show coming up on uh March 3rd. It's a Sunday, a Sunday afternoon. And what he does is he's got a uh a smaller stage in the front part of the bar and um he uh, does acoustic stuff so we haven't done a lot of acoustic stuff in our uh, in our time yeah. uh, so it's going to be very interesting to be stripping down and getting you know using cajones and you know congas bongos and and you know getting to a, acoustic guitars so that's going to be march 3rd and that'll again that's an afternoon show 2 to 5 p.m and uh and then we're uh, locked and loaded for uh 4 and that's going to be um, at uh, with a band called Dead Fest. Okay. So they're a local band doing. They're they're a Grateful Dead cover band. They also do some Motown covers too. But no, real good guys. Cover. Tribute or cover? Uh, I'm going to go cover. <laughs> I'm going to go cover there because they're not just doing you know dead tunes. Um, but yeah, I mean you know he'll get on our our radar fairly early. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I recommend checking out the club. I mean, if you see a band over there that you'd like to go check out, um, you know, you can't go wrong, whether it's inside in the winter or outside on the patio. It's it's it really a top shelf place. So how how key is the sound guy in a music? The, the most important, most important. Yeah, no doubt about it. You could play, you could give it your best performance, a, a, you know, yeah. a, a plus, right? Ten stars. You give it your best performance. 
But I'll tell you what, if that guy doesn't have the sound mix correctly, you know, you know what it's like as an artist when you're on stage, right? I mean, if you can't hear something or, you know, vocals aren't loud enough for the audience, they can't hear it. Um, look at Rookie's Rock House when you guys played a couple weeks ago. Yeah. That guy had that sound dialed in perfectly. No matter what spot I was at in that bar, it was crisp and clear. I could hear everything. I heard the bass. I heard your bass notes. <laughs> I heard all of Jeff's fills. I heard all of uh, Laura and Lori's leads. And I heard every everything that Jennifer was singing. I heard yeah. it perfectly. And the yeah. same goes for Deacon Frost and the chain. He yeah. had it mixed well, you know. Oh, well, it was an honor. And then you had the uh, the the chain, like you said, uh, it was a treat. We're just sitting there and, it, you know, we're trying to pay attention, but we also want to capture it and, you know, record it. And you can't, if the sound guy screws it up and the band can't hear what's going on and you go off, <laughs> right, it, it, it could be a disaster. But no, it, shout it out to Tim. And then we should give a shout out to GM Bob Koza. Nice, real nice place. Yeah, he, he's got a top shelf venue there. Uh, once again, nice stage, nice lights. Uh, you know, it's it's got the tiers. So, you know, you got what yeah. two or two tiers or three tiers there. You got a balcony. Um, you know, it's a renovated movie theater. But uh, I went there the first time to go see uh, uh, Mike Dermond and the Coteri. They do their uh, uh, they do these fundraisers periodically through the course of the year. And uh, they were doing like heavy metal that day. So it was like a lot of, you know, Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath, stuff like that. And I got to tell you, it was mixed perfectly. It was probably a little on the loud side, but for that music, it works, you know. And, and it, But never was it, you know, distorted, you know. It was always clear, very clear sound. Well, back to like 24, 25 years ago, the technology now, I mean, now they just walk around with the iPad and a couple, bop, bop, bop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's still yeah, an art to it, but... Even with the technology going into a place you can't hear your monitor, it's, you know, you got it, you got a dead show, you know, you better be counting. <laughs> yeah, counting and really just your ears and paying attention, your yeah. ears are open, you're listening to what's going on. It, it Nothing worse than that. I mean, it's, you know, but you, you know, you got to muster through it. I mean, the show must go on, it right? I mean, damn straight. You know, you, you know, can't, you, you, you can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, so, new bands out there, just keep playing. <laughs> you may notice yeah. a mistake, but the crowd may not, unless it's Mike. Nah. <laughs> nah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 but it, it is. The sound guy is the most important. And no doubt about it. Um, you know, we always say that, you know, that's almost like your whatever, fifth member or your, you know, in yeah. the case of the Mosquitoes, your 10th member or your 11th right, member. Right, right, because right. that guy has to make sure that everything is is just mixed perfectly. So it, mostly not just so you can hear it, but so that the audience hears, yeah. you know, every little, you know, nuance and every, each instrument, you know, a lot of instrumentation. And, and I think when sound guys see the mosquitoes coming in, I think their first reaction is, we are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> As they got a lot of instruments. But then they realize that we really kind of know what we're doing. And, yeah. and we've had sound guys say that, you know, at first, you know, glance, when we see all these instruments and all these people coming in, we're we're concerned and how the sound's going to be. But they they said once we dial it in, you know, um, you know, we're pretty easy to work with. I mean, we know we we've we've got it down to a science after 24 years, and actually a lot more years for Eli and Ron and Jeff and a lot of the other guys right, who've been right. in bands, you know, for many many years. Those guys really uh, understand the art of it, and and we're. 
um, you know, where that sound has to be and what we have to do. And, you know, so it's, it's a give and take. You got to work with that sound guy. He's critical though. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'll hit, tell you what, you can, you can hit, play a best performance. What's that? Hit the sound guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of times, you know, there is a, yeah, we don't always, I always forget to do the tip jar, right? You know, it's, I'm terrible at it, but yeah, if you got tips, and you got a sound guy who's been working, you know, it's always yeah. nice to give them a little, you know, something on the side because, you know, it's, it's not easy. It's an art, just like you said, whether you have the iPad or you're working off of a, you know, a regular, you know, old yeah. school board, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. That's what we have. <laughs> we've got, we've got one of those big boards. So we know, um, you know, and there's all kinds of gremlins when you're working with, you oh, know, so little sounds that happen during the middle of the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Mike, we're two guys sitting in a bar. We're talking music. Uh, we, we pumped you up. We pumped up some of the places you've played. You're going to play. What are some uh, venues that you've been to recently that some, some other people may have not seen, you know, that you've gone to, you're like, wow, this is pretty cool place to, to watch a show. And are there any other bands that you've seen out there? Like, wow, these guys are going to be up and coming. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, in terms of venues, I can tell you that, um, you know, uh, the Rookies Rock House is fantastic. I mean, it really is a nice venue. You know, obviously, it's 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 not super close. It's it's East Dundee. But but you know what? You get out there. The parking's great. It's a great little area with restaurants and bars and easy parking, easy in. Um Top shelf. Uh, yeah. Another another venue that I really like that just recently opened. Uh, I believe it's up in McHenry. It's called the Vixen, yep. and uh, you know it sounds like a strip club. It doesn't even sound like a bar, but right. uh, you know it, it. The Vixen. You know you're expecting you know strippers, but it's not. It's actually live music, and they also do like comedians and stuff like that. I, I think they even have like DJs too. But that's another really neat club. You get in there, and um, it's got several tiers and um, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's right. Like in the, like downtown McHenry. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's a really nice venue. Um, you know, some of the venues that I, I like to go to um, that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go, you know, frequent, you know, throughout the summer and stuff is like Toadstool Pub, which I believe you actually covered us two years ago when we played at uh, Toadstool Pub. Tom Garrett, uh, he likes to be called Toad. I can't do it, Tom. <laughs> it's toad it's toad but yeah he's great i mean he's a great guy to work with uh he he did a nice job um of uh of putting a stage out there in the back for the summer yeah. and he does music actually inside in the in the winter he's got an atrium there between the two buildings and he's added some uh, curtains and he's added some um padding on the walls to kind of help with the sound and it's a smaller area obviously for smaller bands but it sounds pretty good, you know, so he's done a good job. I've done some acoustic shows in there um, with another band that I've sat in with called Rally Day. So, I mean, it's it, it, it's a neat little spot and people people like to go there. Um, you know, Teddy O'Brien's has the outdoor stage now. That's right down the street from from uh, Toadstool Pub. Um, so that's another venue. Um, you know, right up here in Mount Prospect, right by my house here is uh, Station 34, another another cool venue to go to. They, they, they got rid of the stage. It used to be the blues bar and then it changed hands a couple of times. And now it's, uh, 
now it's they don't have a stage and you know so the the people are playing on the floor but it's still a pretty cool bar good you know good food good drinks you know so it's another you place to, we you know, do you go to home over in arlington heights there is that still there or yeah not so much <laughs> <laughs> so uh, an interesting story when that place first opened i, I don't yeah. know if you knew about it but in the in the far back you know uh back of the place it had a uh thing called the uh, the the theater right it was yeah, you yeah, open yeah. up these two doors and it opens up to this huge stage huge lights i mean it, i think it probably holds 1500 people at least it's huge and we played there right when it opened we actually uh had opened for uh infinity and um wow it was so great and i just think it got to a situation where they just couldn't afford to open that back part up and 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 bring bands that could draw that you know, yeah. I saw some national bands there. I saw um, Days of the New and I saw Candlebox there. So, yeah. I mean, he was getting national bands, but it's hard to sustain that. You know, it's like Viper Alley. When Viper Alley opened in Lincolnshire, they're booking Little Feet and Blue Oyster yeah. Cult and Dennis the Young. Well, how long are you going to keep booking those guys? They, they, don't come, they don't come through every three months. Right. So I think it just became a, a difficult place for them to have that. So now that back area is still there, but it's all shuttered and they have a, uh, like a big pinball machine or some kind of a video game that blocks the doors. You can't even open the doors to look back there. Oh man, that's a shame. I, I mean, I can understand. I mean, that's a lot of risk. You know, you got to put up the deposit and then you got to hope people show up and then you're counting um, the ring, the liquor ring, the pay. It, it's impossible. I, I, I went there and saw a band, right before they they closed it and i want to say there wasn't 30 people in that back room yeah. and that is i mean it was like a cavern you know it's just too big you know this band felt lost out there you know they couldn't couldn't muster any any energy yeah. from the yeah. 30 people that were right by the stage and i think you're right i think it's just it's a, it's a it's a it's an economics thing right they can't they can't afford to do it and i think that's why they ended up you know shutting that yeah. now they got that stage in front where I played with uh, what is Moo on that yeah. stage. Um, the sound is tough, man. It bounces all over the place in there. Right, right. You're, there's TVs, there's glass, there's, you know. Right, right. Concrete floors. I don't know. I don't know. It's, I haven't gone there much. It's right down the street from my house, but I haven't gone there much. Uh, um, I, I, I used to live over there myself, so I, 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 I hear you, Mike. Mike. Do you, you think we've recovered from uh, 2020 and the pandemic and all that crap? Seems to me more I think, people are going out. Yeah, I think they are. I mean, look, COVID is a glorified flu. In any way you want to look at it, I mean, it's it was. Oh, you just pissed a, off everybody. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got vaccinated. All right, I did what I had to do, but you know. Um, I, you know, it is. It listen. It's serious, obviously, for people that are immune compromised. Yeah, yeah. Um. And and we were part of the one of those bands that came out of that pandemic. We didn't want to stop playing. So we were the, one of those first bands. And I think that did help kind of, you know, foster a little bit of our following because there weren't a lot of people out there playing. There were a lot of people that didn't want to be out there. They didn't want to put other people at risk. We yeah. did. And, you know, I mean, we went out there and, and we saw the crowds wanted to see live music. It was a very weird time. I think things have come back. Um and I think they've come back uh, stronger than they were. I think clubs got smarter on how they booked their bands. Um, I don't think they overload rooms anymore. I think that that, 
you know, what's worse than going into a bar and, you know, you're basically elbow to elbow with people. You can't move. That's no fun. You want to have some room. Fun so for I think toad. they looked at yeah <laughs> i think they looked at capacities and stuff yeah. like that and, yeah. and you know what i think a lot of bars listen toadstool pub and and even teddy's i remember when that when that uh pandemic hit those guys were one, some of the first bars that said you know what we're going to do music outside we'll put a tent out there we'll heat the tent we'll get right. people to come out and this is a, a safe way for people to enjoy live music right um and, and you know people had to just kind of change the way they did things you know and and, um, you know, it, it's unfortunate, obviously, you know, that we had to go through that. But I think we learned a lot as a as a as a society. I think we, you know, uh, and, and COVID's still around. We all know that. Right. We all you know, go take the around. test and stuff still around, you know. But, you know, I think we we got the you know, the vaccinations. We know we got there's Paxlovid and some of these other, uh, you know, medications that you can get if you, you know, if, if you're, you know, uh, symptomatic right, and you right, right, right. get it and it can help you so i think that's that stuff has definitely helped us and a lot of things changed after that pandemic but boy i remember it i remember the gigs we had a gig booked at mickey finn's and uh up in libertyville and you know i contacted the owner brian grano and i said you know i go are we gonna do this thing it was like two weeks after the pandemic you know it hit and he goes yeah we'll, we'll keep you on the books you know <laughs> Well, little did we know it was all going to get yeah, you know, shut down. Yeah. Shut down. You know, I mean, that March, I remember it as clear as day, you know, and my last show that I saw prior to the pandemic was Poi Dog Pondering. If you remember those guys and I Hawaii, saw him. Yeah. I saw him at the Tivoli theater in, um, Oh God. Uh, Downers Grove, maybe I think. Yeah, Downers Grove. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was my last show before the pandemic. And then there was a big lull where, you know, all the concerts got canceled and, yeah, yeah. you know, it, everything was just crazy. It was just shut down. But I think, I think it's come back. I think, I think we've, uh, we we're see, we see it more now than we did, let's say a year ago, you know, the right, places right. are getting more packed and people are coming in and, and, you know, bar owners, you know, they, they have to, they, that that's their livelihood. You know, how do you, how do you how do you how do you pay the bills when you don't have people coming in? So let me tell you what restaurants too. There's nothing worse than having a when you're managing a place and you're meeting the bar owner the next morning after a stinker. Why did you yeah. that? Man? Right, There's a lot of pressure in this man. A lot of pressure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. But yeah, you know. It, the pandemic was a, was a, a good learning experience, I think, for everybody. I think we all kind of recognized, yeah. you know, cover your mouth when you, you know, cough and <laughs> don't sneeze on people. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if the masking helped and how much it helped, but I did it, you know, just like everybody did. I, uh, I, I remember taking a flight uh, with my wife and we flew to um, Arizona and we had to wear that mask for three plus hours. It was awful. You know, like I just had it down on my chin so I could breathe, yeah, you know? Yeah. Well, Mike, for, 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 for the first show, okay, we we talked about your band. We talked about some of the clubs, some of the owners. We missed some. Just because we talk about somebody doesn't mean we don't like the other ones. We just have to invite the other ones on. Yeah. Lori, Laura, Jeff, and Jen on the next show. You know, who knows? I, I, th I think that would be great. You guys, you guys have a big show coming up this Friday, right? 
You yeah, guys are playing Mad Cats. I love Mad Cats. Mad Cats, Palatine. We are very pleased. I haven't been in there before, but Lori and Laura, they've they've been in there quite a bit. You know it very well. Uh, very, very humbled to uh, being able to uh, play with uh, the great Lori Kuntz, the queen of punk. I forgot what the book reference is. And Jeff Fight, the... Uh, <laughs> With bad reputation too, right? You guys bad got reputation. That, uh, that's right. Yeah. So you, you got the two bands, and yeah. the, the, listen, the owners over at uh, at, at Mad Cats are awesome. It's a great sound guy, Rick Lassier. Rick, is, uh, he's one of the best. I mean, he he will dial it in. It's a small room. You don't need to blast, you know, right, to, right, to get right. the uh, to get to get the sound in there. It really is a uh, a, a fun place to play. And um, yeah, we play, you know, actually I play there with the Black Diamond sessions. The Mosquitoes, I don't think we can fit on there. Black yeah. Diamond barely fits in there. <laughs> You'd have to be outside. <laughs> Who else we got? Because I don't I don't know any of the guys yet over there. Who else do we need to give a shout out to uh, over at Mad Cats? Uh, well, um, Mad Cat himself, he's, I believe he's the owner. I, I'm, I'm actually forgetting the, the other owner's name who I, I've talked to many times. I can't think of the guy's name. Oh, we got to have him on the he, show. Yeah, he's, he's a really good guy, you know. But uh, I think Rick Lucier is the guy who also handles the booking, too. Okay. Um, so Rick's, Rick's uh, and actually a very good uh, musician, too. Rick uh, plays uh, keyboards. So oftentimes seeing him sit in, like, with Nick Bell. So I, I, I was at a fest one time watching Nick Bell, and they brought him out, and he was doing some, you know, John Lord Deep Purple. So how cool is that? so um Very yeah, but he's he, he knows that room that's what's great about it he he's got his ipad but man he knows yeah, and yeah. if something isn't right or it's off he'll he'll fix it and get it right and the sound will be really good for you guys on uh on friday and a good double bill right uh yeah. bad reputation and heart of glass no, too don jet and blondie and I think we got to yeah. say tribute they're very very tribute band so if you like joan jet and blondie come out Come on around eight o'clock. Well, you better get there early because if you want, you want, you want to get a good spot. Over it's in, packed. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a it's a small bar. I want to see it. Probably, I don't know what the capacity is. hundred people, hundred and twenty. It's our marshal's not listening. And then, nah, <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> no, it's fine. And then to recap, you, Mike, the mosquitoes. When's your next show? Uh, next, the first show uh, for out of the books for twenty twenty four is going to be at Whiskey River in uh, Glenview. And uh, one of the reasons why we took a little bit of time off is our, our keyboard player, Ray Kirshner, retired from playing full time. So uh, we have a new keyboard player who's actually played with us before. Um, he plays with Harry Reinhardt and uh, in a band called Midnight. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Uh, very good. They've been around a long time. He's uh, His name is Greg Griffiths, and he is going to be uh, taking over the uh, keyboard duties for us. So that'll be the first one out of the gate. And then uh, February 3rd, basically like, you know, a week later or so, we'll be at uh, Sundance with the Black Diamond Sessions. And um, yeah, Black Diamond's the other band that I do. Those are the two bands that I got going amongst a lot of other sit-ins, you know, with uh, Derek Procell and uh, Victor Brown Band and all these other bands that call me up and say, hey, can you do this? And and then my wife says, you're going to do another gig? <laughs> really? Another one? <laughs> Mike. Ma Bongo Mike. Great job. Mike. Great show. On the yeah. hot pod. Because we don't have a better uh, name. <laughs> Got to get a better name. 
Gotta do it. Gotta do it. That can't be hog pod. <laughs> It'll be for show number one. We'll figure out what it is. I, I, I like it. I like it. Yeah. All right. We'll get, we'll get working on editing this. And uh, the sooner it gets out, the, the, the more people that can come out to the show over in Palatine uh, uh, Friday. My yeah, supporting supporting live music is so important, you know. I mean, uh, I I can't stress it enough that you know the bands really appreciate it, uh, the club owners obviously appreciate yeah. it, and let's be honest, we all need some live music in our life. It's something about seeing a band live, right? It's not not quite the same when you put on a CD and listen to it. The energy, or, or, right? There's energy, exactly. You know. You know what I'm talking about? I, I saw you singing I'm My Own Private Idaho. <laughs> I wouldn't call that singing. That's why I like it. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mike Orphanos or Orphanos, how do you say it? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to make it real easy. Orphanos. Orphanos. Mike yeah, so it's like kind of like an ah, like Orphanos. Ah, ah. Yeah, ah. Makes it much bit, easier. People, good... people butcher it all the time. You know, that's why we I do butcher everybody's names, Mike. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's totally fine. I I'm used to it. <laughs> Mike Orfanos of the Mosquitoes, Bongo Extraordinaire. Thank you for episode <laughs> one. Can't wait for number two. <laughs> yes, yes. We'll get some more guests on. I like it. All right, do it. Let's go.